I'm Gwyneth Paltrow, and you're listening to The Goop Podcast, made possible by our friends at Lululemon. One of the job requirements at Goop is to take whatever new launches we have in the works out for a test drive, whether it's our new Himalayan salt scalp scrub that lathers to a shampoo, our Goop wellness vitamin protocols, or any of the G-label pieces. We believe that feedback is the best way to consistently turn out the kind of products our customers expect from us. Lululemon believes this too, and what they do is pretty genius. They invite professional athletes to take their iconic leggings, sports bras, and windbreakers for literal test runs. These athletes then give their feedback for perfecting the fit and functionality of each piece. No wonder they make what many would agree are the very best yoga pants out there. For more information and for store locations, visit lululemon.com. Hi guys. Every Thursday, Goop editors will be sitting down with provocative thinkers, industry disruptors, and culture changers. I'll take turns interviewing barrier-breaking guests as we talk about shifting old paradigms and starting new conversations. Today's guest, Laura Lynn Jackson, is a Winbridge-certified research medium and the New York Times best-selling author of The Light Between Us, Stories from Heaven, Lessons for the Living. And the puzzle piece we're all missing is that your life isn't just about your life. And your life's value and your soul's mission here is not just about your own path. It's about how you're interconnected with other people, how you've affected other people. And honestly, every action and believe it or not, every thought we have matters. It all contributes to this collective energy that's going on in the world. I've been blown away by my own encounters with Laura. And she even did a group reading for the audience at InGoop Health in New York City that shifted skeptics in the crowd. Regardless of your personal beliefs, I think almost everyone can take comfort in her vision of the afterlife. We are really all here to learn a collective lesson in love, and we are all intertwined in ways that we can't possibly even begin to imagine. And so I think this has grave meaning for all of us. Imagine how everyone would live their lives if they absolutely knew that death wasn't real and that we were in here having this journey on earth. You know, earth is a school for us to be kind and loving and forgiving and help each other. Laura sat down with our chief content officer, Elise Lunin, to talk about connecting to loved ones on the other side, tapping into our intuition. And that little question we wonder about from time to time, what is our purpose here on earth? After the conversation, I'll be doing a quick round of Ask Me Anything. If you've got a burning or totally random question you want me to answer, hit us up at Goop on Instagram or Facebook. Before we get to Laura, let's talk a bit about one of our partners. One thing we've learned about some of the brilliant thinkers, disruptors, and innovators that we get to interview for Goop.com and the Goop podcast is that they consume an insane amount of books. And while we don't have to sell anyone on the merits of reading, finding the time to actually sit down and read can be tricky. This is why Audible is such an excellent resource, allowing you to listen to audiobooks from anywhere and on any device. You can even switch between your laptop, your phone, and your tablet and still pick up exactly where you left off. Their audiobook library has thousands of titles, including ones from Goop Press authors like The Clarity Cleanse by Habib Sadegi, The Food Therapist by Shira Lenchuski, and The Sex Issue by the Goop Editors. Sign up for a free 30-day trial and your first audiobook is covered. 
Go to audible.com slash goop or text goop to 500-500. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash goop or text goop to 500-500 to get started. Now let's get to Elise and her interview with Laura Lynn Jackson. So Laura, you know... There's no one on the planet who I'd rather speak to. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me here. This is such an honor. And I think, you know, so you're an incredible medium. Your book is like light-filled. It is, I think, required reading for anyone who has lost someone that they love or is fearful of death. I think it does such an incredible job of sort of painting a picture of what of what this connection to the other side might look like. And you also talk about how you came to know you even had these skills. Can you sort of tell us a little bit about your evolution as a a reader? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it certainly was a long journey for me. Um, Ever since I was a child, I would experience things, I guess, to be described in different ways from other people. Only I didn't understand that I was you know, interpreting things differently than others. Because when you're little, you think, oh, everybody must have this. I used to see people in colors. I used to feel what other people were feeling. And I kind of just assumed that that was the way the world worked. And we all experienced that. But at age 11, I, I realized that something was, you know, wrong with me, so to speak, because I was very, very close with my grandfather. Um, I called him Pop Pop. And I remember this incident where it was a hot August day. I was in the swimming pool and my mother called out to say she was going to go visit my grandfather. And I was seized by this sense of absolute panic and knowing that I needed to go be with him that day. And I couldn't fully understand, you know, the why. I just knew I was an absolute need. And I called out, you know, please wait for me. And my mom, of course, thought like, it's August and it's summertime. Why do you want to come? But she was a loving, wonderful mother. You know, she still is. And she waited for me. And I got to spend the day with my grandfather. And we laughed and we talked and we told stories. And it was just the two of us. You know, my other siblings stayed home that day. And that was the last time I ever saw him alive. He ended up getting diagnosed with leukemia three days later and died within three weeks. Um, And back in those days, kids couldn't go to the hospital. So uh, I was haunted by that. And shortly after I confessed to my mother, I said, you know, mom, I think something's really wrong with me. I think that I'm cursed and I think that something in me is broken. I I knew that pop-up was going to die and that's why I went there that day to be with him. And, you know, I think it's her words uh, that really put me on the journey that I've been on ever since. And it's one of the reasons I never shut down my abilities and, and that I'm here today doing the work I do in the world. She said to me, Laura, no part of you is broken or dark or haunted. This is just, this is an extra ability you have, and it's a gift. And then she confessed that it had run in our family for generations, you know, that my aunt had known when uh, a family member was going to die, and so did my grandmother. And and then I felt like I was part of, uh, you know, this kind of club that I wasn't sure I wanted to be part of. Uh, It took me many, honestly, many decades to understand that this was a gift, and it was meant to be used not really for myself, but to help heal and connect others. And that's a beautiful thing to witness and and experience. Obviously, you know, the world of psychic phenomenon, intuition and mediumship, and people are aware of it or skeptical of it or obsessed with it. Can you talk a little bit about how you evolved? Because I think there's also this misconception of, of how it works and that you just do it. But most mediums in particular, it's like you have a very, you've 
train in your own way in terms of organizing information? And can you talk a little bit about how it comes in, how you read? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, understanding my abilities and, you know, figuring out how they worked, that was a journey in and of itself. When I was a teenager, I used to know things about people or I would feel things or I would have dreams that came true. And and I didn't really understand, you know, how to harness the abilities. When I was, you know, in my early 20s, I would use it almost as like, you know, hey, look what I can do out at a bar. I know all about you. And I know, you know, that your dad's on the other side. And I know that you have a seven-year-old brother and, and this sort of thing. Um, but it took me a while to honor it and understand it. And I think when I started really honoring and respecting it, that's when I, I began to really understand how I was getting my information. You know, we all have the ability to connect with both each other and the other side. We are all born psychic. We are all mediums in one way or another. And in fact, the other side oftentimes will use people as mediums and they won't even realize it. So they'll deliver a message or they'll give an item. They won't know why. And there's a message in that from the other side. But for me, um, you know, when I embraced it, I began to organize it for myself. Now, I think this is where the school teacher in me comes in because I think there's no mistake that when I read, I get what looks like an old school teacher's blackboard in my mind. When I had my first daughter, she's now 17, but when I had her, it was as if uh, my abilities turned on even more strongly and I couldn't shut them off. And at the same time, I got this download from my spirit guides on the other side. You know, our spirit guides are our teachers and our mentors that I was going to be doing this in the world and I was meant to honor it. And I remember telling my husband and and saying, you know, I'm going to be doing this more and this is what I've been told and I need to honor this ability. And I also said to the other side at the same time, look, if we're going to do this together, I need to organize this and understand the messages really clearly because there's a great responsibility that comes with this. I can't be, you know, reading someone's energy and and that's a really intimate thing and going into that and, and interpreting it incorrectly. I need to make sure I understand my signs, my messages and so forth. And so I organized it with them that I would have this black kind of screen that I would watch and all my psychic information comes on the left-hand side of that screen and all my mediumship comes on the right. Now for me when I read psychically I'm reading someone's energy and when I read someone's energy anyone they're connected to is also in their energy so I can read that person's energy off the person I'm reading. So it's kind of like this chain of light so to speak. When I read psychically I will see you know almost like movie clips, symbols, images. I will hear things, I'll hear phrases, I'll feel certain things. The other side will use, um, you know, a myriad of ways to get me to understand. I always talk about the four clairs. We all have them. Clairvoyance, which is clairseeing, which is when you, for example, go to sleep at night and you see things. Your eyes are closed. That's amazing. We don't talk about that, but that's your third eye. That's your psychic vision. And so when I read, I have that psychic vision while I'm awake by watching it on my screen. There's also clairaudience. We all have that. We might not recognize it, but it's when it means clear hearing. And it's when we hear a thought that's not ours. It's never anything scary, but it it might guide us or help us. When I read for people, I might hear names. I might hear phrases. I might hear information that way. Um, And there's also claircognizance, which is just, it means clear knowing. And it's it's kind of this instant download of, of knowing from the universe where there's no logical way you could know it, but you just know it in every ounce of your being. And then there's clairsentience, which is clear feeling. And that occurs in our solar plexus area. And, and this is the one most people are familiar with when they say, oh, I just had a gut feeling on that, or I had this intuitive pull, or because we read energy from that area, from like right around our belly button. And I think that's significant too, because that was our kind of 
energy source when we were being formed, so to speak, physically, when our soul, you know, was entering our body and so forth. But um, we are definitely all clairsentient. So when I read, I'm experiencing this whole myriad of different things to get me to understand the message and then translate it. When I read mediumistically, what will happen on my right-hand side of my screen is I'll see points of light enter. And even that I have organized. Like, again, this is the teacher in me. The upper right-hand side of the screen is reserved for the sitter. The sitter is the name of the person I'm reading. The sitter's mother's side of the family. The lower right-hand side is for the sitter's father's side of the family. And the middle is for extended family, peers, friends, friends of family, and so forth. And that's why when I see a point of light entering in a certain part of that screen, I can get an initial understanding of who's talking to me. And then I ask for validating information. And a lot of times I will hear a name or they will start spelling it for me. And then they will they will communicate with me like it's telepathically, it's through consciousness. And it's, it's not in English. I'll tell you that it's this kind of emotional language that I then translate. Like I would almost say like the the way I could describe it in a way people might understand is like when you just text emojis, but you understand what those mean. And so it's it's very similar to that. And um and then I translate it. I really truly believe we all have these abilities. You know, I've been open to them and actively working at them and practicing them for decades. So I mean think about if you tried to learn a new language or you tried to learn an instrument, you practiced every day, you'd you'd get better and better at it. It's a commitment. And I think so so often people in the here and now get stuck in kind of the frontal part of their brain where all like the chatter happens, you know, the analytical thinking and the logic and the, the math and the language and they forget to access other parts of their brain. You know, for me too, you talk about my journey and really embracing it. That included a, a number of steps for me. I was raised by two teachers and I was raised to be a critical thinker. And what a critical thinker does in the world is you question. You question, you go on a journey for answers, and then you find your truth, whatever that truth may be. And that's really how I approached my abilities. So part of my journey included going to a psychiatrist and confessing that I literally hear voices and I get information and, you know, that I, I feel what other people are feeling and I've always had this ability and you know I, I really think the other side helps connect us to certain special people in our path and so I was very fortunate to have gone to the psychiatrist who said well you know what are you getting and I said well I'm getting like the grandmother's name and how she crossed and that she's watching over you know the person I'm talking to and he said well that's beautiful and this world is much more grand and, and magical than any of us can imagine so carry on you don't need medication uh, which was a relief uh, you know and then I also I started, I really wanted to volunteer my time to help people in grief. I've always felt very drawn to help parents uh, who have lost children. And so I had heard about this organization that had just started called the Forever Family Foundation, and they work with people who are in grief. And they they test mediums to make sure that the mediums are of a certain level and legitimate and can't possibly be using you know, fraud or like cold reading or something like this. And if you pass their test, you can then volunteer your time to help people, which was a perfect solution to me for me because, you know, for a long time I was teaching as a high school English teacher and, and keeping my psychic mediumship secret and not wanting anyone to know. So this volunteering was perfect for me. So that was a beautiful way that I um, got involved. And it also was great for me on my critical thinker journey because I realized, okay, I have been tested now. There's no way that I could be making this up or reading somebody's body language or something of that nature. And then that journey led me to the Windbridge Institute too, which um, are hardcore scientists who are doing quintuple blinded studies 
of mediumship. You know, I think, unfortunately, there's not a lot of research in this area. And honestly, there needs to be because this is so important, not just for me, but for all of us. That's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I realized the fact that I know this is the truth of the matter, the fact that I know death doesn't really exist, that our consciousness survives, you know, our body's death, so to speak, it has implications for all of humanity. And it layers our existence with meaning. I mean, we are really all here to learn a collective lesson in love. And we are all intertwined in ways that we can't possibly even begin to imagine. And so I think this has grave meaning for all of us. Imagine how everyone would live their lives if they absolutely knew that death wasn't real. And that we were in here having this journey on earth. You know, earth is a school for us to be kind and loving and forgiving and help each other. So Winbridge was really wonderful because they were able to do quintuple blinded testing, you know, where there was absolutely no way any sort of telepathy could be going on because the person interviewing me and getting, you know, having me do the reading had no idea if what I was saying was right or wrong. So it was a very interesting process. And once I passed that, I was able to then volunteer as a Winbridge medium and work with scientists, which I think is great. You know, I've had my brain studied, I've had EEGs done, and I think it, it yields like fascinating information for all of us. Mm-hmm. No, I think what you said is, is so true about just the implications and uh, for humanity and for all of us. And I think often people have an experience with the medium after they've lost someone and they are desperate for reconnection and, and craving that attachment, which is so powerful in its, in its ability to heal. But like the bigger implication is sort of even reaching people before they lose people and painting this picture of life, of where you, there's purpose and you are here for a reason. And... Like, what is that? It isn't just about eating, drinking, going to bed, and dying, right? Like, what are we here to do? What do you think the sole purpose is? Oh, it's so it's so simple, actually. We're here to love and be loved. So any opportunity we ever have to give our love to somebody and be loving and kind, and that includes, you know, coming from a place of uh, kindness and compassion and, and being thoughtful of others, um, you know, and thinking outside of yourself. And also, we're here to receive love. So any relationship there with somebody who's giving you love, it's, it's the opening your energy to that and receiving their love and looking at each other in, in loving ways. Is I think the mistake a lot of us make is we look at our lives as very like uh, solitary, and we look at them and we think, oh, how does how does my like life make sense? Well, you know, let me look at what successes I've had, or let me look at what failures I've had, and let me now assess that. And the puzzle piece we're all missing is that your life isn't just about your life. And your life's value and your soul's mission here is not just about your own path. It's about how you're interconnected with other people, how you've affected other people. And honestly, every action and believe it or not, every thought we have matters. It all contributes to this collective energy that's going on in the world. And in so many ways, once you become mindful of that, the world turns magical. It really does. Because you realize that there's this endless kind of source of like light power and love and connection. And once you feel that, you can never unfeel it. And is that primarily, I mean, obviously we can give that to each other, but is it also coming from, you know, in quotes, like the other side, these ener- these, these energetic guides, people who have passed, people who are part of our soul tribe? Like what, what do you experience that world as? Where are they? 
So the other side is really all of our homes. You know, it's where we belong. The experience of being here on earth, you know, we're these spiritual light beings stuffed in these bodies like sausages, you know. So we have like the soul body connection. And then we also have our free will, our choices, how we steer that. So there's this kind of energy triangle that goes on at all times. When I read, though, and I connect with the other side, it's just pure bliss. Like a lot of times I'll even forget like who I am, where I am, like I'll kind of know, but it's just this place of beauty and connection. And the reason it's so beautiful and filled with love is because everything is connected and you feel that. When you cross and you shed your body, you are your consciousness and your personality stays intact. But you can connect with anybody others, anybody else's consciousness in a millisecond, and you can kind of download their entire life experience. And so that's when, you know, certain religions and certain, you know, philosophies teach, like, what you do to others, you're really doing to yourself, and it's a thousand percent true. We are all different leaves on different branches of the same tree. And, you know, you bring up like soul tribes. I think definitely a lot of of us come back with the same soul groups and we find each other. And you can feel that when you meet somebody, there's kind of like this light that lights up within you and this click that happens and you recognize that person's energy. But you can't logically figure out how that could be. You just know it deep inside. And I think when that happens, you know, that's the universe connecting you because you're on a shared mission. I think we have teams of light on the other side and we have teams of light here. Our teams of light on the other side are our spirit guides. Our spirit guides are nobody you knew this lifetime. They're more like teachers and mentors. And I don't think we're meant to get that hung up on what they look like, what their names are. If they want to share that with you, they will. But they're really there to support us. And so they'll give us intuitive pulls or put thoughts in our head or get us to the right place at the right time. They're always trying to get us on our highest path. It's this kind of universal God energy. You know, my word for God is the universe because it's this force of love that connects all things, everything. And then we also have our loved ones who have crossed and they're a thousand percent on your team of light and while they're not your quote-unquote spirit guides they absolutely guide you they are always trying to help you get on your highest path and the number one thing they always want to do is let you know that they are still very much alive very vibrant and they don't want you grieving and living this kind of diminished shadow life here they want you engaged and vibrant and joyful the greatest way we can celebrate our love for people who have crossed is to do vibrant beautiful giving acts here We'll have more of Elise's conversation with Laurel and Jackson in a minute. In the meantime, let's talk about one of our partners. At Goop, we've sung the praises of both yoga and meditation from day one. These practices go a long way toward grounding and centering us and generally bettering the state of our well-being. And we're obviously not the only ones using our platforms to spread the good word. Lululemon is committed to providing access to yoga and meditation as tools for well-being to unlock real change in people and communities. Their Here to Be Social Impact program teams up with nonprofits to create access to yoga and meditation across social, physical, and economic barriers. And they bring it to life with public classes and workshops. Even Lululemon's retail locations are focused on building community with group classes and other resources. And their ambassador program asks the yogis, trainers, and mindfulness coaches who run Lululemon's public events to test new product and then report back with tweaks. So it's really no wonder their signature yoga pants are perfectly stretchy, comfortable, and performance-oriented. For more information and for store locations, visit lululemon.com. Okay, let's get back to our chat with Laura Lynn Jackson. You talk a lot in your book about signs and, and I, and, and 
finding those ways of creation, asking for help, asking for, I guess, feedback in some way? Like, how do you coach people to start sort of connecting to the, the, the those people on the other side? Yeah, you know, I think we all absolutely can connect with our team of light on the other side. You never never, ever need a psychic medium to do that. And if anything, and if you have a reading, I think it should really serve as a doorway into your own connection and communication with the other side. So I get very concrete with that. I say to people, listen, you need to establish a new language. Your loved ones, when they were here, they had voices, voice boxes to speak to you. They had arms to hug you. You had ways you could communicate. Now they have left their body, but their consciousness is on the other side. They are light energy and they are still very much present in your world and your life, you just might not be able to perceive them. And so it's very important to establish a new language so that you can talk back and forth because that love, love is unbreakable. It's the strongest thing in the universe. And I think for a lot of people who are grieving, they're used to having a physical person to direct their love to in the here and now. And when that transition happens, it almost feels like a limb is cut off and they don't know where to direct that love. And it's just so painful. But if you recognize that you still have that relationship, you just have to direct it in a new way to them on the other side, you can start talking to them and hearing them back. And so here's the thing. Most of us don't create that new language, but that doesn't stop the other side from trying to talk to us. You know, Through all my readings, I've learned so much about what I call their default signs. If we don't assign, you know, um, like a symbol or or something that we want from them, they'll send us things anyway. Here are some of the most common um, coins because I think it's very easy when we become light energy, it's easy to manipulate metallic objects. I don't know why that is, but that's what they show me. And so pennies, dimes, nickels, a lot of times you will find them just as you're thinking about somebody or if you're having a really bad day, you might... Find it and then feel the presence of, let's say, your father who's on the other side or something like that. Now that we're in the day and age of cell phones, too, they love it. They've always loved to manipulate electrical things. You know, back in the day, it was like, you know, making the TV turn off or flickering the lights. But in the day and age of cell phones, they will send blank text messages. They will send pictures sometimes. I, I have, you know, examples. I'm, I'm writing about this in my next book of this, this woman whose father crossed and three days later sent her a message on her cell phone, a picture of him that she had never had with a message underneath it. And there was just no logical way that could have happened. And nobody had his phone. It was like buried under the bed somewhere that she went and found it. Pay very attention if you get a message that says like no sender, no message. Look at the time, look at the date, think of what you were thinking about. Sometimes they'll leave like musical messages. It can be a a whole host of things. Sometimes the phone will ring and nobody's there and you'll try the number back and it says this number's out of service. So that's all the other side trying to get through to you. They just want you to know they're around and that they're paying attention. And then also there are certain like creatures, so to speak, animals and so forth that they'll use. And I really think they choose animals that are guided using electromagnetic fields. It's easy for them to get us get them in our path. So birds, butterflies, deer even, all of those things are guided by electromagnetic fields. You know, uh, bats are too, but I don't think those are as popular with the other side because they don't want to scare <laughs> us, you know. But um, that's their default signs. But here's what I would love everyone to do. I would love everybody to s- kind of sit down and make a list because when I think we write things down, it gives it a- additional energy. And I would like people to pick 
an animal that they would like from the other side. You know, I used to pick butterflies, which is really an insect, but monarch butterflies. And then I decided, no, I wanted to kick it up a notch to make it a little harder for my loved ones on the other side. So I chose anteaters, armadillos, and aardvarks. And I will get them in the most astounding ways. And here's an example of how that communication can happen. I was standing in line on a buffet to get food one day at a, at a party. And I was thinking to my loved ones on the other side, you know, I, I really, you know, feel I need to honor being a, a mediumship medium more. I think I need to come out of the quote unquote closet on that at work. Like, is this the right path for me? Can you please send me a sign? And not a second later, two gentlemen behind me on the buffet line struck up a conversation about armadillos out of the blue. And I was like, well, that was a creative way to send me my sign. So it might not physically cross your path, but they'll get it to you. And I, they have a sense of humor too. I'd also think um, songs, music is a great way that they can communicate. So pay attention to the songs that might play for you, or you can even choose a song with the other side. You can choose a phrase. You can choose anything you want. A lot of times the other side will communicate in numbers, uh, repetitive numbers too, 1111, 555. So if you notice there's a number that keeps reappearing, that can be your loved ones on the other side as well. So it's really just establishing this new language. And all that means is you have to decide what you want them to send and then recognize and notice that that's your job. Yeah, I can imagine being on the other side and how frustrating it must be to be like, pay attention, open your eyes. You know, sometimes I'll do readings and somebody on the other side will say, well, I sent you this. And the sitter will say, oh, yeah, I did get that. And I thought maybe it could be. But then I dismissed it and thought no. And I was like, oh, my goodness, they worked so hard to get you that sign. And then you just rejected it. But I think what happens for most of us is our analytical, logical mind takes over. And anything that rocks our kind of paradigm we tend to reject you know so I think it's really important when you have those moments of connection or you get a sign or you know a message from a loved one honor it share it talk about it with one another you know since my book came out one of the things that I find people want to do most is they want to come up to me and they want to share their story of connection because we all have them and we all have had them throughout our life but we don't talk about them with each other because I think so many people are afraid of being perceived as being silly or gullible or whatever it might be and I think they know with me I'll understand but I think we need to be talking to each other about this I think everybody needs to share those stories of connection because they're profound and beautiful yeah I'm I'm someone who shares that stuff all the time. I'm a borderline obsessed with it, but it is amazing those those moments of affirmation and and actually Laura Day, who I know you love, she said yes. something really helpful to me. She's another she's not really a medium, although I'm sure she has those abilities, but an incredible intuitive and you know, I was like, I don't it's one thing to get a sign and she was like, You need to give them something to do. And like, they will help you like think about what they were good at in life and ask for help. And that has been amazing for me because I complete, I feel like I'm completely able to harness Peter, my brother-in-law who passed, he was like an incredible deal maker. And he is, he's like making it, he makes it rain for me all the time and in very specific ways. And I feel really connected to him and it's very actionable, you know? A thousand percent. Yeah. I know Laura Day personally and professionally. She is she is just absolutely phenomenal and she is absolutely right. I agree with that. And I, I say to, to the people I read a lot, I say, you need to invite and ask them for help because there's some sort of rule on the other side. It seems like they can't intervene unless we ask and invite them to at a lot of times. So what you're doing is maximizing not only on the invitation, but also recognizing what their spirit is really good at. I mean, 
that's phenomenal. That's, that's like taking it up another notch. That's fantastic. Well, all credit to her because I guess her brother was was a lawyer, so he has helped her with. And I was like, this yes. is great. Yes, any I, I have a million uses. Um, but yeah, it's it is once you start once you start noticing the af- the affirmation. You know, one day I got like five license plates of like a yes. specific. New, like sequence of numbers and I was and I hadn't seen them in like three months and those moments where you're like this is it feels maybe I'm crazy maybe I need to find something else to do with my time but it feels like affirmation or even just a hello yeah and I think it's so important to recognize you know and I think it's important to talk over that voice that immediately counters it and says maybe I'm crazy maybe I'm making things up and the way that I tell people to honor that is I I know we don't always have journals handy but we all have cell phones and there's a note section on your cell phone so anytime I have a moment of connection or synchronicity you know one of these meaningful coincidences that is not a coincidence at all I type it into my note section of my phone and that is my way to honor the other sides reaching out to me and connecting with me. So I think that would be a a wonderful thing to do as well. Yeah. How do you, like, it must be so energetically draining to do this work. Like, and how do you have, how are you having a conversation with me right now that's formidable and yet you are probably getting, how do you shut it down? Oh, that's such a great question. So that took me a long, long time to learn, you know, um, but since I've had it, since I've been a child and, you know, I've had a long time to practice this. And what I've learned is what I can't do is I can't ever shut off the psychic part. I am always reading energy. But to be honest, that doesn't really drain me. It's actually a really kind of unique tool to help me navigate the world, you know, feeling people's energy, certainly knowing certain things. I try to be very careful and respectful, though. I'll never dive into and purposely read somebody's energy without their permission. So I try to be, you know, keep it as tuned down as I can, because that's very intimate, you know, that's, that's wrong. It's like peeking at somebody's underwear to dive into their energy and like, look at what you know about their life. You know, I did that in my early twenties. It was wrong. You know, when I went to bars, I would do that, but that's, that's not something I, it's not a thing I practice anymore. But what I will see is I'll still feel people's energy. I'll see them in color. It's like very beautiful things, you know, that I don't mind at all. The thing that I have learned to turn on and off, and I'm really, really, uh, very respectful of this boundary is I've learned to kind of slam the door on the mediumship when I'm not actively reading. And that's because when I read mediumistically, it is profoundly exhausting. I say if I do like a a 90 minute reading, it's like running a 5k to me, which I ran once only because my friend wanted me to, but I think (laughs) the universe had me run it so that I would understand how tiring that was to make this analogy. Um, Uh, But but so I have learned to be really careful. And the way I describe it is like when I read that, you know, right hand part of my screen, it's like when I connect to it, I have to lift my energy up and click into it and, and over. And so when I shut it, it's almost like I slam it like a bank vault, vault door and like turn it. Like just like you ever see those really heavy doors at a bank, you know, and they have that like little spinny thing. That's what I do. Now, most of the time that works. Every now and then I'll get what I've come to call a bleed through. And that's when all of a sudden my screen pops up, someone appears and I get a message. When that happens, I always honor it. Because a long, long time ago, I assigned like my spirit guides to be my psychic bouncers and my mediumship bouncers. They know who to let in and who not. They know who to connect me to. And if somebody gets the VIP treatment or they break through and my screen pops up, it's meant to. 
And so then I will, you know, of course, share what I get. But the majority of the time, the other side's very respectful of it, and I'm very careful with it, and I keep that door shut. So I'm not distracted. I can go grocery shopping. I can be speaking to you. I'm not, like, bombarded by people on the other side wanting to send messages. But all it would take for me would be like, oh, let me do that. Click over, and it would pour Pour in, you know. So it's, it's always there. And they always want to share. But I'm going to tell you right now, they don't need me. A lot of times we will share messages with one another without even realizing it. You know, sometimes your friends will say things a certain way, deliver a message. The other side will use them and they won't even be aware of it. That that happens every day. Oh, Laura, I want to be your psychic bouncer. Thank you so much for being with us. And we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for joining our interview with Laura Lynn Jackson. You can learn more about her work at laurelynjackson.com and at goop.com slash the podcast. I continue to find inspiration in Laura's perspective that our lives aren't just about our lives, that maybe we're here at the end of the day to love and be loved. Now for a question about my life's purpose. Anya asks me, what's your trick of having your 14-year-old teen girl still hang out with you? (laughs) You know, I think that I, first of all, have a daughter who is, she's kind of a great, easygoing girl. And yes, she's 14 and she's going through her stuff. But I think she's very comfortable in her skin. So I don't, feel a huge rebellious energy from her. And some 14 year olds do have that. And that's part of their process. And that's cool too. Maybe not so much for the mother. (laughs) But I think with my daughter, I really just try to create space where she can talk and not feel judged. And we just we I try to I've always talked to her like she was a grown up. And so She talks to me like I'm a grown up and, you know, there's not a lot of whining or bitchiness ever. You know, if she has an issue with me, she'll come and tell me. If I have an issue with her, I talk to her about it. Um, I just try, I think that good communication, really honest communication, also being honest with her about the ways in which I failed or felt bad about myself when I was her age, I think that creates a common thread. Have a question? Drop us a line at Goop on Instagram or Facebook. That's it for this week's episode of the Goop Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share with your friends. To keep up with new episodes, just hit subscribe. And for more info, head over to goop.com slash the podcast. See you next week.